What do you do or what do you get when you combine geopolitical tensions and weak guidance from retailers? You get a market down 35 handles. Bull's got a lot of work to do today. We'll dig into the earnings. We'll talk about where we're at, where this market could go. We've got a lot to cover here on a Tuesday. So let's get started with pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders, investors. I'll just give you guys the net change here. S&P's down 34.50 at 40.53. The buck up 20 cents at 103.98. Bonds, bonds are just trying to pound Joel, something. Can you into just it. share charts for me, right quick? We, oh, we don't okay. You don't want to see me? I, I do, I do, but uh, I can't see the charts on you, unfortunately. Hey, we got to make a shirt eventually that you just can show you the charts, so that I could just look at Joel, but. Okay. All right. Dennis can let you borrow his shirt. Uh, oh, he has it on right Does he? All right. Here we go. S&P's down almost 34 handles at 40.53.75. It's still not going. I'm choosing what to share here. There we go. Rough start on this Tuesday. And then we got the bonds down 25.30 seconds. We have uh, crude up 32 cents at uh, 76.87. Gold can't catch a bid down 8 bucks at 18.42.20. Silver going the opposite way. That's up a nickel, 21.77. And Bitcoin, if you think about it, Bitcoin is holding in here like a champ, the way this market's been selling off. Down $195 at 24,675. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, did you work yesterday? Because there was no holiday in Canada. Yeah, this family day in Canada, Joel. Family. I told you years ago, you probably 10 years ago, Canadians got really jealous that the Americans had this day off. So we created a holiday from thin air and called it family day. They're like, why the Americans get a day off in February and we don't get a day off in February. So they created family day out of thin air. So we had family day. Kid was playing hockey. He actually played in the intermission of the local junior C team. So it was kind of fun. So we had a nice family day. Family day. All right. Well, did you get the family meal at McDonald's too? No, no family meal at McDonald's, unfortunately. Um, actually, the eating wasn't that great because I was the arena for so long. But the boy had arena fries, and I was like, I didn't need the arena fries. I'm like trying to be a little bit healthier here. So I just basically starved myself most of the day. It was fasting, fasting uh, family day. Burning those calories just yeah. sitting there, you know? So what yeah. do you see in between Friday night? Right. We kind of had a late kind of the expiration was a little bit, uh, you know, it was a weekly expiration. He just moseyed in the 40, 80 to 40, 90 area, just like an OK, we're OK. We're going to settle off the low of the day. Did, did you see much? Uh, let's just go some of the after hours action. Uh, well, there was Friday. one piece of after hours before we get into the Walmart and the Home Depots. There sure. was one piece of major Friday night action. And that is the rumor, which we'll go to Mitch here on um sigma lithium possibly bloomberg reporting this possibly mm. getting a bid from tesla and it was blasting off and it is still up significantly here this morning it's one of your big gainers today sgml um is there any more details on this mitch do you have anything more here or it's just still just the rumor yeah, it's still the rumor. Of course, this is for Tesla eyeing further vertical integration. Of course, uh, this was reported by Bloomberg. And that's one thing that I would definitely note. I think we've noted this multiple times, team. When we get these rumors, we need to make sure where they're coming from. Bloomberg does a really great job when they report rumors that yeah. they're pretty much, you know, actual rumors. They're not just being thrown around out there. Um, this is something that I'd keep an eye out, um, whether it be other lithium players, maybe getting some approaches also. And Tesla, this makes sense for them, right? They want to keep lowering their yeah. price down on their vehicle. Well, they need to handle a little bit more of that vertical integration. We'll see if Elon makes the move. 
this this makes a lot of sense here too um to, to me as well and if you look some of the other lithium producers were really popping up friday night the overall market is bringing everything back in but it gets you thinking i mean if this does turn into something and we don't know rumors are just rumors but when they come from bloomberg there's usually something behind them 3580 the stock sgml is trading up 21 percent it got even higher there friday night so it is off the lows because obviously nothing has materialized here but there's a plot pile of smaller players. I mean, LAC, we've talked about on this show, Lithium Americas, LTHM trading higher here, which is, which is Levent. Um, you've also got PLL, which is another one, Piedmont Lithium. All of these stocks are trading higher. And the biggest player in the group is Albemarle. I own that in the long-term portfolio, ALB. Um, it's so big, I don't think it's probably going to be in play as much as some of the other smaller ones, but it gets you thinking. Like, I mean, if Tesla does all of a sudden buy, you know, do you get some other, we know there's been some deals with some of these other lithium companies, could potentially somebody else come and acquire one of these. It's possible. I mean, this, if you believe in EVs, lithium is not going away. So, and some of these actually don't trade with crazy valuations here either. So like, I mean, that's why I'm in the ALB because I think it's trading. I, I, last time I looked, I think it was 12 or 13 times earnings. So, I mean, these things aren't trading with crazy valuations here. Um, I can go grab that P right now on that while Joel breaks down the tech. Yeah, I mean, you got you got the pop, and you got I think you got the initial surge there, and you always like to see uh, 25 some, actually. Yeah, now. I guess the stocks come up a long ways. You like to see some kind of confirmation, right? You like to see, you know, while we're talking or, you know, spotting an executive or whatever. $39.99 is where it got to. And now it's backed off $4. So when you see that kind of price action, at least that indicates to me that people are, you know, not, not necessarily second guessing, but the people that wanted to peel out of this thing or doing it. So I think it's going to be hard to get back up to that pre-market high. I think right now I may maybe even use 37 bucks. That's uh, some of the pre-market trading got up there. And if you're using your numbers and your levels, like you should be on these kind of rumors, the former old time high in SGML 39.93. And where did they take it to? 39.99. Don't know if you're going to see that price today. If you're buying it, maybe I, these things are always tough. So drill down on your shorter term charts uh, from a technical standpoint, as long as the bid's out there or a rumor of a bid, I don't think you're going to see the top of yesterday's range. That would be Friday's range at 3066. Yeah, typically, and I trade a lot of rumors and all this stuff. And typically when you have the rumor, it's the high until you actually get, you know, another more substantial rumor or you mm -hmm. actually get an acquisition. So, and if they don't materialize and they continue to just drift down as people start getting concerned, well, maybe there is nothing to this. One thing I will say is Elon Musk is very smart and he sees his stock, you know, up 200, you know, up 100% in a month. And why not use that stock as currency to do something like this? I mean, do an all stock deal, acquire something like this. It makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. So um, I wouldn't short it because I think where there's smoke, there could be fire here. And it makes a lot of sense to me. And it's coming from Bloomberg. So I wouldn't short it. I don't know if I'm necessarily chasing rumors because you know your risk. Your risk is down to 29 if the, you know, they come out and say Tesla comes out and says, no, no, this is nothing to this. But it does make a lot of sense to me. So and then I think the other lithium providers have come off a little bit here, too. So you start looking at those. Maybe. But again, you know, the overall market here is not helpful. I mean, Joel has called, you know, the high of the year being in. I'm kind of with them here. Um, I've kind of moved to the bear camp here in the last couple of days for the simple reason is that we've been up here and now we're getting, you know, we're going to get into some of these earnings here. Uh, we got inflation starting to tick. The data starting to tick. The bulls try to take control the last couple of days, but the bears are starting to win here. So again, we're just in a trading range. So I think you're still trading the range, but it's hard to be full bullish here just because we've come a long ways. A lot of stocks, you know, the market's not cheap. And I do think eventually the bears win. I just don't know if that's now or if it's in the second half. But I do think eventually the bears are going to win here. I think with this, uh, with this uh, um, and I'm just using my Ken Contrarian hat, I've been thinking about getting rid of this uh, LTHM for like a long time. And I don't know if this is like, a, I mean, I don't know if they're going after them, but uh, man, every, this thing got up close to 28 last week. So getting a little pop here at my ridge. I, I talked about 25 for the longest time. So I'm thinking I've had, I've had that thing since doubled, uh, since double digits. You're so. still in it? The LTHM? I'm still in it. I'm still in it. And it's like, 
I've, I've wanted to sell it several times and I haven't. Joel, what? hold it. Hold it. I think it. now too. Hold it. Yeah. I, I sold my hold Joel. It. And obviously we had the big sell off and then we've rallied back and then this whole 25 area, you know, I just thought it was consolidation and maybe eventually go lower. But now you're getting rumors and stuff. Today is an important day. Today would uh-huh. be a tell. You don't want to see these things turn around and start going red. Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and maybe there's some other players there. It's not great price action today, but again, the overall market here is really hitting these things down. Let's see what happens. I, I, I'm kind of want to be back in these things, and I obviously I'm still in the ALB. I kind of want to be back in the LTHM. Kind of, I've had the LAC before too. That one's yeah. never made money. I don't think is LAC making money yet, Mitch? Uh, not, not the, the, the other. Most. So the problem sometimes have a little does. tweak I mean, into positive. The big at, thing for LAC is that they have good future outlook, right? Yeah. They're going to be building a lot in Carolinas now. They got the approval for the construction. So that's going to be a, a big move forward. One thing that I wanted to keep in mind was this is Tesla, but what about GM and Ford? Are they going to follow and, and maybe buy yeah. out one of these smaller companies Well, who too? just made the deal with LAC? Wasn't somebody, wasn't one GM. of the big guns? It was GM, GM. with LAC? Yeah. Did anybody yeah. make a deal with LTHM, like, you know, a production deal here or anything? Um, or not nothing yet? On LTHM, I know uh, LAC. I don't. Ha- I don't have a, at least a known. Like these deal aren't for big companies. LTHM. That's why these could get scooped up. I mean, lithium LTHM is a four billion dollar company. PE's Ford PE's thirteen on this thing is what they're projecting it at seventeen. I mean, you're talking about growth here. You're talking about lithium, and people can say, yeah, the lithium isn't now. It kind of is now. I mean, we are moving into EVs. Everybody's moving to the EVs. So I would disagree with that. I think the lithium trade is now. Um, and now you get Musk rumored here too. I think if we were in a, you know this raging bull market, which we are not, but I think if we were you know to where we were two weeks ago, these things would start really lifting here. But now you've yeah. got the market all spooked. You know we've had some pretty significant sell-offs in some of these names that have you know obviously you know had ridiculous runs. So some of that's deserved. Tesla's held up. But I kind of like the lithium plays on pullbacks here. So I'd be a buyer of some of these stocks. Okay. So you guys talked me out of that one. Yeah. Uh, is, is far I kind of want to be back in it. I mean, I don't sell anything anyways. But yeah, I, mean, I, I would sell. say. Joel, right? Joel buys and he never sells. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can yell at you guys again. Uh, exactly. yeah, you know, it's going to go back down and Joel's going to be like, I want to sell that at 25 You can blame 26. it on me, Joel. No worries. And, yeah. and Mitch told him to hold. <laughs> I told him to hold. <laughs> don't worry I'll uh, as far as your trading range thing goes um yeah. and i know you guys have been uh trying to stick to that you know like buy the dips and sell the rips and to yeah. me Big we're reduction. kind of falling out of the bottom of the trading range today we are. yeah yeah i mean is, the onus is on the bulls we've taken out last week's low we're getting into it. I mean, you always get these little, you know, sympathetic rallies at times, but yeah. the trading range scenario is uh, it's uh, taking one in uh, in the kisser today. So last week's low, I will give you that number fifty five seventy five. We haven't made really since I've been, you know, last couple hours. We haven't even made a good attempt to get back above that. So there you go for uh, trying to get into the trading range. But uh, I guess we could pass over the, uh, the geopolitical um, uh, tension since we have uh, no, no control over that. I, but we can talk about fundamentals and earnings and uh, retail. Hell is the way to describe this. Yeah. Let's go to Wally world. Let's go to Walmart. All right, let's take a look here. Q4 EPS, $1.71 beats $1.51 estimate. Sales of 164, uh, $164 billion beat the $159.76 billion estimate. Walmart raised their annual dividend to $2.28 per share. Revenues were up 7.3% globally. Um, if you look at same comp score, uh, grew 8.3% e-commerce growth. I thought it was pretty nice here. 17%. Now the CFO, John David, did uh, kind of state that the consumer is still very pressured. And if you look at economic indicators, balance sheets are running thinner. Saving rates are declining relative to previous periods. And so that's why we take a pretty cautious outlook on the rest of the year. Uh, a highlight on the report, though, I did see that Sam's Club, same store sales rose 12.2%. This is one thing that I'm starting to notice. At least I've been making this move of going more to Sam's 
than the actual grocery stores trying to buy more in bulk, just trying to save the tiniest amount that I can on the inflation. And you know what? They're just like, here's a CEO and here's a company that actually is listening to their environment. They're analyzing, they're looking at it, and they know the consumer is going to become more strapped. So, I mean, Walmart sells a lot of products that we need every day, but they also sell some stuff that we don't need every day. And they realize that. And they're lowering guidance for the simple reason is that they're seeing a tighter consumer. I mean, you get the opposite effect at Starbucks, where they just like, oh, yeah, this looks great. and We're just never going to go down again. I mean, not looking forward at all. So aggressive, aggressive, you know, forecasting versus conservative forecasting. Um, I like the conservative forecasting. Obviously, the stock market doesn't like the conservative forecasting because they're like, oh, my goodness, Walmart just warned. It's not exactly a warning. They're just cautious. I mean, they're being cautious going ahead. They're looking ahead to 2024. I mean, they're looking ahead quite a ways and saying, hey, we don't see it, you know, as rosy as a lot of people out there see it. I don't see it that rosy either. I think when you start looking in the second half, it's going to get ugly. But, you know, so I agree with what Walmart's doing. With that being said, Walmart sells a lot of stuff we need. So it's the kind of stuff I, stock I would buy on a pullback probably, but I just warned. So going forward, so could he could get this down at 130 eventually? You might. Ooh. That's why I probably, I'm, I'm going to hold off buying the dip on this one. Uh, but if you got down there in that 125, 130 area, I think that's one you may want to add to the long-term portfolio, but a lot lower than here. Well, let's see, I don't know about uh, longer term. Dennis is talking here, and I'd like to I'd like to see that. Uh, for right now, we're two bucks off the pre-market low. So when you see a move off the pre-market low like that, it's it. There's a potential target on the downside. Uh, there's this area has been holding up since mid October. So I think you might have a little bit of tug of war if you can uh, uh, get through this uh, pre-market low one thirty eight. 138.30, 138.40 looks like pretty good support. Uh, don't know if that was a good print back over 144 uh, too long ago. Uh, but the, if rally this, oh, man, I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of yesterday's range either, 144.57. I don't feel this either, like immediately rush into this one to try and buy the dip. And Think uh, about the run these retailers have had. And we're going into a retail earnings season here. I mean, we're going to get a lot of other ones coming up. Obviously, Walmart and Home Depot are the big ones, but I mean, we're going to hear from TJX. We're going to hear from a pile of retailers coming up. Yeah. Ta Target, people ask about Target, and it is down. Target's your direct comparable to Walmart, pair trade with it all the time. Um, it's down 2%. It's had a hell of a run. I mean, oh. we are up from 140 to 170, and Target never said anything great last year. So again, being conservative here, and we're off significantly from the highs. And I know people got the FOMO going, and they're like, well, what can I buy? And you know, maybe they're jumping and stuff like this, but just think the FOMO is premature. I think everybody who's got FOMO in the last few weeks here is going to pay for it. I think they're going to pay severely for it. Again, I may be wrong. You know, I've had a lot of cash long-term portfolio. I've been definitely wrong through January. Maybe we do eventually get back to all-time highs later this year. If we get that soft landing, I just think it's a low probability. And all I do is analyze from risk-reward. It's why I hold a lot of cash. I'm holding so much cash in the long-term portfolio that I actually, on Friday, tied some of it up for a year. Some of my, some of my long-term investing cash, I tied some of it up because I was like, I don't think, and it's going to stop me from doing something stupid. Because I don't want to get the foam on, then go all in on this market because you know you're missing out. I'm just analyzing fundamentals, getting five percent long term, and I took a chunk of it, not a huge chunk, but I think I took a good ten percent of my long term portfolio, and I've tied it out now up for over a year. So I can't even touch that money for a year now. But getting five percent to wait, people say, "Oh, you're losing to inflation. That's such a bad deal." Yeah, but you know what? This market is better than losing. Cheap. It's not cheap right now. So mm -hmm. you've got to just compare. I didn't take my whole long-term portfolio and then put it all in. You've got to have some stocks. And I still 50% stocks. So when the stocks go down, it still sucks. I'm still losing money when the stocks go down. But I just can't be all in on this market. I'm, 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 I keep saying the same thing. And I've been saying the same thing for a year now. It's just the risk-reward. I just look at it from a long-term perspective. And we can say we're in a bull market. And sure, we've been a bull market for three months. We've been in a mini bull market, though. We are not in an overall bull market. This is not like this... Oh, yeah. You know, everything's just making new all-time highs and, you know, the sun. It's not 2020 here, folks. You know, you that's sure? perspective. We've it's been in a new bull market since June. We're in a new little mini bull market within the overall bear market that we have been in. You know, Isn't that just a bear market rally, here. though? Pardon me? 
Isn't that just the bear market rally? Well, no, because you're off. So there's bull markets within bear markets too here, Mitch. I mean, it depends mm. how you define and what you want. It. You can define it as a bear market rally. But this, yeah. this no doubt, October, it would have been nice to buy stocks in October. It would have yeah. been nice to buy all the crappy beaten down growth names at the beginning of January, which some of us did. And I just sold them too early. Uh, but, you know, give a perspective here. The queues were 400 a year ago, and they're 297. This hasn't been a walk in the park for the bulls. Uh, for the Target, uh, that's what we started this discussion on. Uh, boy, oh boy, what a run off that December low. Holy mackerel. I would not be rushing out to, to buy this one today. I know it's down 347. I'll just give you one one pretty important level for today. And there's a pair of lows at, uh, let's call it 168.80. That's another buck away. But man, that's a, that, I mean, you could, for a short term trade, maybe a little bit of a pounce, but man, they're, a lot, a lot of air in here. I mean, maybe the 160 area, if you're thinking long-term, 140, you know, just over 180, maybe come back down to this area. But uh, Target, one heck of a run. And, uh, you know, they come out with bombs, right, with uh, with guidance and stuff like that. I'd be real cautious this one uh, if, you know, if uh, when they're earnings ahead of earnings because it's had one heck of a run. So. We'll there's see certain companies, yeah, and there's certain companies here, Joel, that are aggressive with their forecasting. Tesla being one of them, Elon Musk. We're going to be on the call. This is going to be, we're eventually going to be the most valuable company in the world. There's some people who are just very CEOs who are very, very aggressive with their, with their you know, forecasting. And Starbucks is another one of them, too. Um, and then you have Target. Target is not an aggressive company with their forecasting. Take-Two is so conservative. You know, I that's what makes you a little bit scared on Target because if Walmart's seeing, you know, and, and forecasting conservatively, there's it's highly unlikely that Target's going to come out and beat and raise. Very, very high. When does Target report here, Mitch? Seven days from now on the yeah. well, so February 28th. Here's the problem. The it's not Elon Musk running test Target. And Target is known for being conservative in their forecasting. You just have mm -hmm. Walmart warrant. That makes me automatically think that Target's going to be conservative in their forecasting as well. So I don't want to be long Target. I, I like a company that's conservative in their forecasting. But again, this market is so just, you know, face value. This is the simplistic algorithmic market that looks lower guidance, we sell it. You know, buy it, be, uh, better guidance, we buy it. And, you know, two weeks ago, even they were they were lower and they were still trying to find reasons to buy it, that ship has kind of sailed. In the last week, it's kind of changed. The tune has changed. The sentiment has changed. We've stalled out. Maybe we've mm -hmm. stalled out to go higher. We're still within a trading range. That's still on the table. And to Mitch's point, if we get above 420, the bulls take control here again. But we haven't got above that level. And we kind of failed where we didn't want to fail. And are we, you know, getting the gear up? You know, we're in earnings season, but the back half is not starting well with Walmart. Let's go to the Home Depot numbers because they're not great either. And the forecasting is conservative here as well. But I don't want to jump in Target right now on this dip today and say, oh, yeah, you know, well, you want to buy every dip. Well, you know what? I just, you know, let's see what happens with Walmart first. Do they buy the dip in Walmart? And then second, I'm just thinking Target's going to do the same thing that Walmart said. All right, let's go to Home Depot. Q4 EPS, $3.30 beats the $3.28 estimate. Sales of $35.83 billion missed the $35.97 billion estimate. Comparable sales were down 0.3% year over year. Customer transactions were actually down negative 6% year over year. Average ticket up 5.8% year over year. And how do they get those numbers? I mean, I'm pretty sure inflation can describe a lot of that. Customer transactions going down, things are more expensive, people not yes. buying as much, yes. average ticket up. Why? Because the inflation's higher. All those prices are more expensive. Everything you're buying is probably yep. a, a dollar or two dollars more, if not 50% more. But they did raise their quarterly dividend by 10% to $2.09 per share. This is where I'm getting confused with the buybacks and the dividend raises. A lot of these are still on kind of negative outlooks moving forward, but yet they're raising dividends and doing bigger buybacks. Well, they got a lot of protection there. I mean, they were making $16 a share. So you're talking about $2 quarterly dividend. So they got all kinds of, of protection there. Um, but let's just look at the forecast here. And it's not rosy. They're seeing, you know, 23 sales growth flat. 
in an inflationary environment, that is not good to your point, Mitch. That means the average ticket, you know, is, is higher. So that means they're expecting less customers to come through their doors. EPS decline in the mid-single digits. I don't like the sound of that at all. EPS decline, forecast decline. I want to be buying in, you know, businesses that are forecasting declines. I went into the Home Depot in my local um, a town here twice in the last month just to pick stuff up. Again, it's the January effect because January, everything is slower. I've never seen Home Depot that slow in my entire life, um, even in a January. I was the only person checking out. There was one cashier working. I was the only person checking out. And I'm like, holy. I'm like, there is zero people in this store right now. Again, we've got to take that with a grain of salt, though, because it is January. And January is historically a very, very, very slow month, especially in a northern town where there's snow outside because people aren't doing as much. You got to wait till the spring. So it's always slow. But I don't remember January going in there and being nobody in the store. Nobody, like I mean, wow. like there was two other customers. So wow. I'm like, they're losing a lot of money that day. I will tell you that much because way more employees than customers. But again, I'm in a northern town. It's snowy. You know, people aren't doing outdoor projects, but there's usually somebody changing a light bulb or doing something. There was nothing going on. Home Depot was a complete ghost town. So this forecast here is maybe, you know, signs of things to come. There could be some slowing down here in a few businesses here. And Home Depot is big ticket renovation stuff. This is not consumer discretionary where people are going in and, you know, we've got to buy our bars of soap. We've got to buy our food. We've got to buy, you know, some new clothes for the kids going to school or something like that. No, this is like, we doing a home renovation project, and I'm like, I'm going to hold off on just, you know, I'm a little bit tight for cash. I'm not going to install that new rug. I'm not going to, you know, do that nice, you know, new, whatever other project you want to do. I'm not going to, you know, fix up that deck in the back right now. They are ground zero for if we go into a recession. Home Depot will get hit hard. In this chart, uh, boy, I wish you would have given that rant before the earnings. But uh, anyways, uh, boy, oh, boy, you're losing this. I'm just going to round it off like this 310 area. We've been holding up there since uh, mid-November. So I'd say, you chartist, you want to see this get back over 310 and hold, maybe fill that gap. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm hesitant to really give you guys good support here. I'll just give you a, the, a daily low. Uh, actually, at 305 today. Wow, we're right there right now. So, uh, the reason I give you this 305 is you had four lows uh, surrounding that area uh, back in uh, November before you had the final run up. But I think longer term, you know, why not come down and fill this gap to top, the top of the 290, uh, 290-260. So I don't know. Let's see. If it uh, the longer it takes to get back above uh, 310 here, the more chance I think he goes sub 300 and uh, fill that gap at 290-260. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, now we can take a little step back and we can do a little bit of conversation on what's been going on in the macro situation. Of course, uh, Putin did make some comments as of late suspending participation in the START nuclear arms treaty puts new nuclear weapons on combat duty and now is limiting the number of nuclear warheads. Of course, this is what the START nuclear arms treaty was all about. One thing to note, though, this was due to expire in 2026. So they cut it a little bit short. It looks like they want to do some probably new uh, negotiations with that. Um, we'll see what happens. I did look into the futures market to, to at least take a look at how we're pricing in the Fed rate moving forward. It looks like it's slightly going down a little bit to 5.3% in July. And of course, we got PCE this week. We also get the Fed minutes this week. So just kind of doing a little bit of a wrap up for what's coming this week. What are you guys really going to be looking for uh, to at least tell you signals in the market how we're trading? We got Bullard talking on CNBC tomorrow morning as Bullard. well. Keep that in mind. He has historically <laughs> not been the kind of person you want to hear on when you're a little nervous about the markets because he's historically very aggressive. Um, he's talking on CNBC tomorrow morning, I believe. I saw, I'm, and, and again, I don't confirm that, but I just saw it go by on my timeline and somebody was saying that. So you may want to verify that, but that makes me a little spooked to hold stocks long into tomorrow morning because he can spook the market. Fed speak, you know, talking when you're raising rates. Some people talking about 50. If he mentions 50, you know, tomorrow morning, that's going to spook the market even farther. I think you got to be selling into reps. I think I think the buy the dip mentality is still there. I wouldn't surprise me if you get a dip. And we, you know what? We, like I said, you know, even on Friday, you know, you had an opportunity on Friday, Joel. 
I mean, I, you know, yeah, we were down, but in the afternoon, what do they do? They start coming in and buying the, the dip again. So use those opportunities. If you're sitting on, you know, all in, margined in right now, I think you use the rips to lighten up here. We are in a trading range, so buy the dip, sell the rips, still trading it like that. But I still think if you're all in on this market and thinking we're going back to all-time highs at the end of the year, I think you're wrong. Yeah, you got some other fat heads speaking too. Uh, Williams has a speech at uh, six thirty uh, on the twenty second, and then uh, also uh, Jefferson and uh, Mester have a speech. I don't think there is uh, uh, as important. Friday's a big day with uh, the PCE index, new home sales, Michigan consumer sentiment. Uh, I mean, those are. I mean, the the Fed speaking and the things like that. I mean, you're going to get some uh, intraday uh, gyrations uh, for. Me, uh, putting all that stuff aside, I'm just looking at, you know, last week's low in the S&P, uh, 55.75. You know, what the, bull, the bulls need to establish a bid back there uh, above that level, get get back. But the interesting thing about Friday uh, was, you know, we never came close to coming green, going green on the session. Even, you know, the pre-market, the regular session really had a hard time getting it back to scratch. Uh, today, you know, starting in the whole 34 and three quarters handles, same kind of scenario. But, you know, the, I think the best case scenario for the bulls today, come in early, you know, get back above last week's low, saying, okay, we're going to go back to 4,100. That was right near, uh, uh, Thursday's close as well. So um, Walmart getting a little bit of a bounce here as we're speaking here, down 355, uh, getting a little bit of a rebound, not much. And uh, the other thing too, I just, for you, uh, your Home Depot traders, just uh, wanted to keep, you know, keep an eye on Lowe's. Uh, Lowe's reports tomorrow, right? They're usually the day after. They don't always go the same way uh, as, uh, as um, Home Depot. Uh, but you just be aware that uh, your driver today for Lowe's being down 207 or being at 207, down 575, the Home Depot news. Actually, I have Lowe's on eight days from now. Normally eight days? it does. Really? And normally usually it's, it's usually close. right after. Yeah. I agree with you, Joel. I just I wanted to kind of pull the yeah, rug out from under us on that. They're usually you're right, Mitch. Usually I, I, right think, I think they, they, they started thinking, we're too close. We're too close. Let's put us out Maybe. at least a week, right? Because if. Home Depot keeps knocking us down on these earnings. Who knows, right? Like Meta got in front of the big boys. You got to you gotta know when you put out your earnings, if you can, at least. All right, let's get out of- What about Meta? We should talk about Meta here because we, um, just before been, we get our guests, or do you want to wait for the gas? I've been thinking about shorting Yeah, let's this? do the gas. Let's do the gas first. Talk yeah. about Meta filling the gap. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. All right, we got uh, Doran Levin. Uh, he uh, is a writer at Seeking Alpha, and uh, he is also the editor at Better Investing. And he's going to set everyone straight today on the on long term investing in the market. Good morning, Doran. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we sure can. We sure can. Uh, uh, just give uh, uh, our listening audience just a, just a tad of your background here because uh, we talk about Dennis and I being veterans of Wall Street, but uh, you, you even got us by a few years. We just lost you there. Might have just bumped the mute. Dor- Doran? Mm. I, I came in the mid-'80s as a uh, – correspondent for the Wall Street Journal to cover the automobile industry. And uh, so I've really been my whole life in financial journalism, uh, covered uh, everything. I mean, started my first assignment was to cover GM. And it was really sort of uh, revealing because it, in the mid 80s, GM was really regarded as the as the strongest, most impressive uh, corporation in, in the world. And there were people on Wall Street at that point that said it's going to fail eventually. Uh, I, I had a trouble understanding that, but uh, wow. so I, we watched the rise of uh, we watched the rise of debt, corporate debt at uh, General Motors, and we watched the rise of uh, loss of market share and, and the uh, and the ascendancy of, of Toyota, and eventually in 2009, uh, the unthinkable happened, and General Motors filed for um, filed for bankruptcy, and uh, everybody was washed out. So I've lived through a couple bouts of inflation. I've lived through a couple bouts of Fed tightening. Uh, I'm very interested in investing today for because of all these gray hairs on my head. And um, 
I'm very interested in helping younger people to understand longer term investing. Now, I've, I've been listening to you guys talk about um, earnings announcements, and they're not unimportant. They're very important uh, because earnings at the end of the day really do drive share price. Um, but my perspective is very much a longer term perspective. I've held shares for 10, 20, 30, 40 years uh, and lived through all the dips. And uh, one of the things, one of the great blessings, I think, for young people uh, to understand is that this is really the only country in the world that a working person can come into the market uh, at a fairly young age and basically amass a fortune over time if you really understand the power of compounding, if you understand the power of uh, reinvestment of dividends, if you understand the um, importance not to get emotional and get in and out of the market, you guys do you know sort of something different, which is getting in and out of the market, and that's very legitimate. But if your purpose is to to uh, build a nest egg for retirement or to one day uh, send you know your four kids to college or whatever it is you're trying to do, uh, I'm very much of a long term thinker uh, in terms of in terms of investing. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, where are we at right now? Where are we at in the, in the, in the investing cycle? Well, you know, it doesn't, it, to, in, in a larger sense, it doesn't really matter where we are. Um, as editor of, of um, Better Investing, I've been writing consistently for the last two years that, that uh, higher prices indicate um, some proof of what we've always said, which is that Quality companies are going to drive are going to be driven by higher prices because revenue increases, because earnings increase, because there's a solid record of, of uh, paying a dividend, whatever kind of company it is, and that when they're down, uh, this is when stocks go on sale. So this is really the time when you can capitalize when fortunes are made. Uh, this is uh, the time when you should be extra extra. Um, uh, uh, attentive to companies, quality companies that have been knocked down uh, temporarily, perhaps because of, of uh, factors like inflation, factors like Fed tightening. And there's a real opportunity to buy these companies. So you look at companies and you look at their long term records and and uh, you can pick them up at a bargain. So this is really a, a very good time. You should always have some cash on hand. We we uh, preach it better investing the idea of keeping a uh, a very much um, uh, varied and diverse type of uh, set of assets, which always includes cash and which include the opportunity to uh, to buy companies at a lower price. And so this is a good time to uh, get rid of some of the ones that you've been wanting to get rid of and to buy some of the ones that are uh, selling at lower price. Um, let's jump into some of that because I completely agree with you. If you have that long-term time frame, and I think a lot of times on this show we get caught up in short-termism. You know, I'm a trader. I've traded for a living for 23 years. And I try to, you know, even for myself, I try to like, run a long-term retirement account there. And it's sometimes hard to do. And you find yourself trading out of good companies. And sometimes the worst things I do is get scared, you know, and it may end up being right in the next, you know, maybe month or two or six months and then you know you look five years from now why didn't i hold that stock you know not being able to hold through it tell it talk about some of these sectors or if you want to jump into specific companies that you do like right now for the long term like thinking 10 years out or longer well i mean obviously there's a lot of interest right now in in uh consumer stocks uh th things like you know the procter and gambles the you know the heinz heinz's of the world the things that uh sure people are gonna um in a, in a position like today, when you have this threat of recession hanging over us and you have interest rates going up, there's going to be a lot of a lot of consumers are going to be very cautious about how they spend on discretionary items. But then there are items that you're going to have to buy. You're going to have to buy toilet paper. You're going to have to buy ketchup. You're going to have to buy all kinds of things. And, and you should look for those companies because those companies are going to do especially well in this kind of an environment. And uh, so we like to we like to. Uh, uh, put those out there. Um, we have, um, but but we also look at other companies that are sort of rebounding. I mean, um, Better Investing, which is a magazine that uh, has online uh, uh, tools, analytic tools, and also has a monthly magazine, believe it or not, still printed on paper, chooses oh, nice. every month a, a cover stock, which we use to, um, to um, help people study 
Uh, we don't recommend stocks, but we choose stocks for study and stocks that we think have short-term opportunities. Uh, one of the companies that we looked at recently was uh, uh, RH, which was the former Restoration Hardware, which has been uh, was taken public for a second time, was in private equity. We think that this is a company that you should look at. And uh, uh, that was an example of uh, one of the companies that, uh, you know, just to, I threw it out there because it's recent, but uh, that's not obviously that's uh, dealing with a, uh, a higher end customer. Uh, this is not doesn't fall in the same category as a Coke or a Procter and Gamble, but we think that this uh, company has opportunities. Um, obviously, if you look over into the tech sector, everything's been kind of knocked down pretty hard. But does anybody really believe that um, that uh, Microsoft, for instance, is going to be existentially threatened? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, Microsoft has has gone down with the rest of the tech sector, but this is a very, very solid, solid name, uh, a company that performs, a company that uh, that uh, keeps pushing revenue and earnings higher, that pays a dividend, and uh, that uh, you know we think is it, that. We, I don't mean we, but but I think is going to be there for a long, long time. So um, in the tech sector, I think it, there are certain opportunities today uh, to load up on stocks that are going to be around for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And, uh, and, and I think investors who have a long-term perspective like our readers should think that way. Of course, uh, today we saw mentions, and this came from Friday's uh, report rumor on Tesla talking about potentially buying a lithium company. Any themes that you're investing in? Do you feel that you're backing EV, AI, the metaverse? What are you looking at? So uh, let, let me talk a little bit about EVs because uh, this is actually an area that I happen to have uh, a special knowledge of having spent a lot of time over the last 20, 30, 40 years looking at mobility, looking at uh, global automakers, looking, thinking about uh, uh, technology and so forth. I, I think, I mean, let me just say this. I started out as, as really a bear on Tesla because I thought Tesla was, gonna, was a company that had really a good chance of failing in its first couple of years. And, um, and, I, and I didn't really, and I had driven the, its, first, uh, its first Roadster which was a vehicle I could hardly even get in. And I thought, how are they going to sell this thing? And then along comes the Model S and then, you know, Tesla and then uh, uh, Elon Musk starts getting a lot of extra celebrity and he starts getting a lot of attention. And I thought, OK, um, I, I'm going to start paying more serious attention to this company. I, I think in many ways, uh, Tesla is, kind, is, is really sort of the ultimate unicorn. It's, a, it's become a global automaker, but it's also a luxury brand. It's kind of like uh, the, I would call it the Hermes, the Hermes handbag of cars. People want to have them because they want to have them. They don't necessarily make a lot of sense for a lot of, uh, a, a lot of uh, consumers. But if you've already got a, one or two or three cars and you want to add this to your fleet, it's fine. It, it does okay. I think generally speaking that um, electric vehicles are going to be with us someday in the mainstream, but it's going to take a long time for them to reach the mainstream because of problems with range, because of problems with charging infrastructure. Uh, and, and we see right now, you mentioned lithium, you see that a lot of the critical minerals are at, um, at, at uh, you know, in some shortage situations. So there's a lot of search worldwide for, for lithium deposits, for uh, cobalt deposits, for all kinds of deposits that are needed for batteries. At the same time, the chemistries are being looked at again and could change. Uh, the solid state battery, which is a completely different thing, is, is kind of on the horizon, not far off. Um, companies like um, Toyota, are talking very, uh, very heavily about uh, more and more about hydrogen for fuel cells, which is in essence an electric car, but it's a completely different technology. So I think um, I think emissions-free driving is going to be with us, but I think it's going to take a long, a much longer to get here than um, than uh, many people think. And I think companies like Ford and General Motors have taken really, really big bets on, uh, on emissions-free driving. And it's, it remains to be seen whether those bets are gonna pay off and how soon they're gonna pay off.
You had one more, Andy, uh, that you mentioned to me in the automotive sector that uh, that you were eyeing on for. Um, uh, I think they're paying a special dividend or a one-time dividend. Uh, uh, Stellantis, uh, give us uh, give us your take on. We don't talk about that one a lot, but well, uh, let's I, talk I, about Stellantis. Yeah, Stellantis is kind of the stepchild of the industry. I mean, I've I, in this in the course of my career, I've seen Chrysler go from uh, Chrysler to uh, you know, kind of being a a, 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 a sort of sort of a basket case that had to be bailed out by um, special loans from the government, and then. It had to uh, tie up with Daimler, and that um, was a disaster. And they separated again, and then they they, they were taken, uh, uh, became uh, part of Cerberus. And it was it's it's Chrysler's been sort of a mess for a long time, and now it's part of this worldwide agglomeration of brands that include uh, Fiat and and others. And uh, so, I, I just don't quite understand Stellantis. I think. Um, I, I'm not prepared to say that Stellantis can't make it in, in their current form, but you know they've they've been sort of in the midst of this restructuring at the same time as they've been clobbered by the new technology of of uh, emissions, and it's much tougher in Europe than it is here in terms of uh, having to create these battery powered cars and and to um, to uh, adhere to these tighter and tighter uh, CO2. Uh, emissions standards. So I, I, I just haven't been um, somebody who has spent a lot of time on Stellantis because it just looks like it's it's got too many issues at the moment. Or it's, or it's I don't mean it has too many issues. I mean it's facing too many issues, and at, at the same time as it's trying to sort of get itself organized for the modern world. So it's hard it's hard for me to say. I'm I happen to be. And I've written this before, so I'm happy to say it publicly. I'm a bull on to Toyota. I think Toyota is doing things the right way. They're basically, they have the technology. They have electric vehicles. They're coming forward at a pace um, that's, that they say is going to be dictated by consumer demand, not by uh, some kind of fad that, hey, we've got to be, uh, we've got to be emissions free faster than everybody else. Um, they're very, very steady. Uh, I know a lot of the people who run Toyota and um I'm kind of a I'm kind of a bull on a long-term bull on Toyota. We've been on the line with Doran Levin. He's a contributor at Seeking Alpha, also an editor at Better Investing. Doran, great seeing you. Thanks for the input. We'll get you back on again soon. Thanks very much. All right, uh, we got a leak in the S&Ps here, uh, just kind of hanging out near the lows of the session. That low was 47.75. That was your your low for the month. 40, or excuse me, 48.50 was your low for the month. Well, current low, 47.75. So we got a few more minutes here. Uh, Dennis, you seen anything in imbalances? Uh, selling balances, yeah. There's yeah. pretty heavy selling balances here today. And it's in some conservative names, actually, which is always interesting here. Maybe it's the Walmart that's knocking it down, but obviously Walmart's, you know, significantly down. It's got 54,000 to sell, projected opening at 141 right now. Procter & Gamble has 106,000 to sell which kind of stands out because it's usually a conservative stock. But again, maybe with Walmart, you know, then they're saying, well, a lot of Procter & Gamble products sold at Walmart. So maybe there's a sneaky consumer staple sell-off here. Um, but then you go in even to the drug stocks, Pfizer's 108000 to sell. I'm seeing pretty much selling balances across the board early here. So that's putting some pressure on the market. Nike, too, 59000 to sell kind of stands out like a sore thumb. Not a lot of green on the screen. The only thing I'm really seeing green here this morning, oil was up, but it's starting to leak here. A lot of the oil stocks are starting to leak. Um, defense stocks are trading higher. Obviously, with some Putin comments here with Spoot the market, we talked about that. But if I look Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, NOC, LHX, all trading higher here this morning. But then the other standout is Meta. And there was a headline here over the weekend. We wanted to talk about this, Mitch. Uh, Meta's got a headline here. What are they doing? Uh, Meta, I didn't even grab that one there. Uh, yeah, Meta, well, I can tell you what they're doing. So I threw you a softball, but you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I was they're, looking they're, at the chat there. I was a little distracted. Twitter's notes here talking about um, verification fees. Verification, and, yeah, I saw that. That's... Everybody just copies off of Elon Musk yeah, apparently but... here. So they've I, been I on I'm... to verification Who... fees here now. And um, they're going to you know, get paid to get verified on anymore? Instagram or Facebook now, which... 
I guess everybody's going to run to pay to get verified. Um, at least they're thinking in the stock price here, Joel. I mean, I'm still not paying to get verified on Twitter. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. Some people are doing it, though. A lot. Of I've already done it, baby. Mitch did it. Money Blue, Mitch did it. Are you baby, going to pay? Verified. Okay. Are you going to get pay to get verified on Facebook and Instagram here as well? I don't even I, use I've been thinking those, so about it for paying. Instagram because I have a fake account that has more following fake than accounts. I have on Twitter. <laughs> they have like seven, 8,000 followers on Instagram. That's not me on Instagram, team. I only stay on Twitter. But that's there, why. There's a fake money, Mitch? Oh, he's killing it on Instagram. He's blowing up. You have a there's a fake money Mitch on Instagram that pretends to be you, and, <laughs> and you're not on it. He, oh, they probably a fake get, triple D trader because I'm not on Instagram either. I same never even thing, Dennis. To check that. Why did you want your verification check? I want because just of that. To stop the fake bots. Because of that. Yeah. Because of that. So if there's any reason why I would get the verification check on Facebook, I'm not saying I'm going to, but it would be because of that. Because I don't want my following getting like you know hacked spammed dms well that's what that are it is not coming from me and, and i right? thought that would cut it down but i get a message every week on still a fake triple d trader here like reaching out and you know somebody reached out to me again on the weekend showing me the messages that they're dming them on and these people are evil man if yeah, you're out there like these people real. deserve to go to hell for the people who are doing stuff like this. That's evil. Honestly, I agree with you, Dennis. Honestly. I agree. Like you are going out there and you're intentionally pretending to be me and asking people for money in a DM. Send me Bitcoin. And that's what the message was. Send me Bitcoin and I'll invest it for you. I don't even like Bitcoin. So folks, do not respond <laughs> to these assholes. And that's what they are. Pretending Curl said he, to be us. He's giving them a million crypto, the, the fake account. <laughs> yeah. They deserve, they deserve all the badness in the world, these people who are doing stuff. Pure evilness to go out and pretend to be somebody else and try to scam people out of their money. I will yeah. not ask you for money in a DM. Block these people. Report them. Do whatever you can. They don't stop. There's no way to stop it. I'm verified. And you know, obviously, there's still people. It doesn't even matter. There's still people still trying to do it. It's probably, you know, it seems like it's every week we're trying to shut one of these things down. And Twitter does shut them down, but they block me right away. So I can't even see them. So the only way for me to even know about it is if another one of my followers reaches out and say, hey, there's another fake Triple D trader of you out there. These people are pure evil. That's for sure. And I, I think one thing that we need to just think about in the long run, will regulation come in here and maybe adjust this, right? Because some people are also saying that what Twitter is doing is like, almost like a scam almost it, they're forcing you to get to verification right because if not then you're going to have the spam you're going to have the you know the fake accounts you're going to have more ads you might get even limited on your tweets right i mean i don't know if that's really going to happen or not but hey he, he's making moves on twitter i'll tell you one thing eventually if he keeps taking all this money and take money from brands he'll they'll figure it out right now i think one thing would be is if we do get regulation to come in but Meta's chart looks prime, prime, prime for that gap to close on the downside. Yeah, I was just going to concur with you on that one. I think people might use this as a selling opportunity. Uh, you did get an initial pop here over 177. 177.35. Uh, you had a series of four lower highs. People are wiggling out of this one. I would do a reset. We are trading above uh, a Friday's high at 73.85. But if you're looking for a, a target off of this one, I'd even be surprised. Or I would take a look at uh, at Thursday's high, uh, 175.85. That's still in play uh, as a potential resistance point. Also, the pre-market high, as I mentioned. Coming back on the downside, 173.18 is uh, the top of Friday's range as you're looking for a gap fill on the downside just from today's action. But, uh, you know, it held up pretty well. It held up pretty well after the earnings and the market held up pretty well. But now you've you've fallen into, you know, you've taken out that low from earnings day at 180 and uh, it's not going to whoosh right there to fill the gap. But uh, I kind of look at this more as a potential selling opportunity than uh, running out to buy this one on the open. We'll see what happens there in Meta. Let's keep going. Uh, let's go to a stock one more. Actually, it's 856. Let's just take stocks from the chat. What are you guys interested in today? Because, of course, there's going to be a lot of stocks moving around. 
Dennis is bouncing out for a second. He'll be right back with us. Uh, but like always, throw up some charts, team. What are you guys looking at right now? I know I'm on the, the swing for the Kraft Heinz. I'm looking a little bit into value names. What do you think about value overall, Dennis? I, I think you got problems, though. I'd be scared today. And, and, and again, again, a lot of these names is the problem here too much. I do like value overall. I would stay away from consumer discretionary today because of Walmart. If Walmart okay. can turn it around, and again, maybe that's a tell here. Maybe it's okay. But none of the consumer discretionary names are cheap. You know, here's where my problem lies is that people have hit there. They're crowded. Some of them have come off a little bit, and that makes it more attractive. I mean, General Mills was up there at 87, and now it's come down to 75. We've been talking about those things being crowded wow. and coming off. And General Mills actually has a headline today, too, um, where they've got a, a better outlook, I believe. Um, so I do think these companies are going to do better during a recession if we think it's going to be a hard landing. Maybe this is where you want to be. But again, the multiples aren't cheap. I just think I'd rather be in cash. I think if I'm leaning into a Kraft Heinz, why not? You know, and and my banker just called again. Five point two percent right now. Five point two. Want it? They're listening He's got right you now. On speed dial. Five point two. He likes me right now. The five point two. But I'm going to go <laughs> jump into Kraft Heinz for a four percent <laughs> dividend. Well, I get five point two risk free. I mean, mm. that's what it's competing with, and that's why I have trouble just jumping into consumer. If I'm going to be in consumer discretionary utilities, I feel like I may as well be cash because I don't think you're going to have this huge run up. I think they're crowded trades. There is market risk still there. Um, if you can pick up, you know, an Enbridge I'm still in, um, there's certain utilities that just have really good yields. And maybe I would look at this one, still 6.87% dividend. I'm still long it, been long it for a while. I was buying it was an 8% dividend, eight and a wow. half. And it's come up a lot in the last year and a half since I've had it. Um, this has been a really good one. Um, and it's come off now from the high. So maybe you start looking, maybe you go back to the energy trade, Mitch. Some of them have come off. And I mean, if we do go back into where we were before in 2021, these energy stocks are all of a sudden going to look cheap. I mean, Oxy kind of looks heavy. It looks like it's ready to sell off. But then you think, okay, well, it gets down to 58. We know who's buying there. And Buffett will probably continue to buy there. So, you know, the Buffett put on Oxy makes it not bad. Maybe you think about energy on the pullback here. And I'm not a big energy stock fan. But as a trader here, I mean, you're getting rotation. Value. I agree with value. I think I just stay away from consumer discretionary or, for, or, or consumer staples. Sorry, I said discretionary. I'm saying two different things. So no I just, consumer uh, staples. Well, yeah, I just someone brought up the XBI chart here, and that's mm, wow. You just right. got a wall. I mean, look at that support in that thing. I mean, if you're if you're stepping out here, you have a great area to lean on. This is called eighty four fifty trading down ninety five cents, but that. Uh, that coincided with uh, with the January low. Uh, if you're looking for you know a rebound on on this one, uh, trading trade down 95 cents today. I don't I don't think going to get that rebound today. Uh, but uh, if you get back down to that 84.50 area, that's pretty uh, pretty good support. Longer term, you had that uh, little bump from uh, 92 to 84. So that gets your eight point move. It really need to get back half of that move, get up to the 88, 88 and a quarter area. But uh, all right, we are continuing the leak here, folks, uh, on the low for the month. So the bulls got the, some heavy lifting to do to get up. Uh, the daily lows, um, if you want your true next daily low here, and I don't know if we're going to see it today. Uh, your, your January 31st low uh, was uh, 4.007.50. So another potential 40 handles of downside there. But uh, another good show. Covered a lot of things. I'm going to hop over to pre-market prep. but missed a lot of symbols here. So everyone have a good day. We'll check in with you later on. Yeah, go check Joel out there, premarketprep.com. But just want to stick here um, a couple more minutes here. Yeah. What about like... DVN, you know, they're talking in the chat. Devon Energy. I mean, it gets downgraded here today. And I mean, yeah. these analysts chase price and seem to downgrade the bottom. What about the 50 on this? 50 bucks was the low we got back to. And I'm just looking, you know, at stocks have come off substantially and stocks are still firing on all cylinders. And again, the Devon wasn't great because they're talking, you know, the mergers are getting squeezed a little bit there, but you're still sitting. And I think the dividend's okay still here at 8%. Um, the 50's big. We've come off mm-hmm. substantially. We sold off after the earnings. They're selling off because the margins are getting squeezed a little bit, but they're still making a lot of money, even if the margins are getting squeezed. 48.86 was a low back in 2022. That was pretty much the low of the year. But you had multiple lows right in that 50 area. I feel like this is a natural bounce spot for this. So we're 53. We're three bucks away from there. I think you get down to that 50. Maybe you take a shot here on the DVN. 
Yeah, it's not a bad one to keep in mind. And I think one thing that we got to keep in mind is what has been the sectors that have been the strongest or the weakest for the year, at least relative, right? At least from the beginning of the year, that's going to be your utilities, your healthcare names, and your energy names. I don't really focus on the utilities there because I don't expect to see a rip and rally coming from utilities, right? But I can pay attention to healthcare and energy to see if we start seeing rotation move to those weaker sectors and see some rotation come off from the top, right? Which has been what? Consumer cyclical and technology, the high beta names. Let's see if those start coming down. We're not saying that it's completely happened yet, but it's just something to keep in watch, right? One of the things that I think Dennis does very well is looking for the turns, right? Well, let's see That's if we what do I trade. start seeing the turns, right? I think right now you've been seeing the pullback, at least in the overall market action, but we truly haven't seen that growth trade broken, right? Those zombie names just come back down. That's what I'm going to be watching a little bit this week to see if those come right back down. Like, you know, you're a firm, uh, even like, let's say your AI trade. Well, this AI stock, I really don't think Looks it like has it's popped out. Yeah, I really don't think it has yeah. reason to be up here. It's just no, technically it just, just ripping. Buzz. It's just I, buzz. I would, so, if I was an AI, I would sell it right now. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. I have no position in it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, I have no crystal ball. Maybe it goes higher. But I'm telling you, if I was in that AI, I think that that GPT buzz is going to end quickly, a lot quicker than everybody else thinks. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's been giving us a little bit of the sign is Microsoft turning around from the 270s. Um, what do you think about Microsoft overall as it, this recent pullback? Is this an opportunity probably for Microsoft as we keep pulling back? I think, uh, again, Microsoft I is a hard sold one. my Microsoft right around this price on the way down. Um, 255-ish, you know, I had the long-term Microsoft. Might have, actually, I think I sold around 275 or 280. Mm -hmm. um, I got up to the 340. I actually sold some, I think I sold it twice. I sold some of the 300s too. But, you know, it's come down. It's still, though, 26 times. I mean, give me yeah. a give me a market multiple on Microsoft. Give me, and again, maybe this chat GPT product that they have is going to be the new search. Maybe we're all going to stop Googling. We're all going to go to Bing. And, you know, there and, and to Karen Feinerman's point, who makes some fantastic points sometimes on Fast Money, I mean, the market share here is like 2% of search. So if they can bring that up to 4 or 6%, it would be huge to their bottom line. Absolutely huge to their bottom line. So that's a wild card for them. But I still think Google's not going to go down without a fight. So, and I know it got the bad rap because they gave the wrong answer, but we know the Microsoft product gives the wrong answers too. So yeah. um, I think it's just early here yet. I think you get down to that 240 area in Microsoft, but maybe you think about the 50%. So if you're really thinking we're turning around and going back into this bull market here, you're buying the Microsoft dip. I'm still concerned that there's more pain ahead, though, for the bulls. And that's why I'm more inclined to sell the rips on stuff as opposed to buy the dips. And I'm more inclined to buy value names. Microsoft is not a value name. 26 times earnings is not my definition of value. I'd rather be buying PEs at 12, 13, 15, under market multiples here. And I think we could gravitate back into those names. And I think that's a reason why since October, a lot of those value names really took off. And in January, it's turned. But January, as much as, you know, we've missed, you know, maybe we've missed the big rally and a lot of these growth names. Maybe it's given us the gift here, Mitch, to your point. Maybe it's given us the gift of the pullback in the value names that we were looking for. So check out some of those value names because some of those have had pretty shitty Januaries. I'm sorry about the cussing, but it's, you That's know, the even, truth. but, but pretty a lot of those um in stocks that we really you know had pretty good 2022s have not had pretty good 2023s so maybe you do got to look at some of the energy stocks maybe you do got to look at some of these lower um some of these value names that have really come off substantially maybe you do look at consumer staples but walmart spooks me for today i want to see what happens today but thought, thought process there though that low pe could become cool again yeah, I think about it like uh, Chevron that announced a monster buyback program has been going down since then. And that was at the end of February has been down since about like 14% from that mention where it popped towards the highs. We'll look to see if that turns around, right? Or will energy complete breakdown? I don't know if energy is breaking down anytime soon. We'll find out team. All right, let's keep up with all the action right here. You guys can keep up with all the action. Of course, my man, Triple D Trader on uh, Twitter. Give him the follow. He's always posting and doing tweets throughout the day to kind of give you guys an update of what he sees in the markets. You guys, like always, keep up with us. Have a good day, my friend. Go do what you do best. Get to your trading action.
All right, Dennis is getting out of here. I'm wrapping up and bringing you guys over to live trading action where Lord Ryan and I will continue into the battle. See what green we can get into today. We'll find out. Energy on my radar, healthcare names on my radar. I'll even give you one right now. I have some swing trades on. We'll talk about those with, of course, Start Swing Trading, our latest show. And, of course, you guys can catch Joel on the closing print if you guys like at the close. It's turned into the closing print on Pre-Market Prep's channel. But we have our own show, Start Swing Trading, here on Benzinga. If you're a swing trader, definitely recommend you checking that out. Um, we're going to be looking at, I'll give you one, in healthcare. Johnson & Johnson today. We'll see what happens in that one. Definitely like the pullback. It's had a couple of like, you know, pretty much two months now of pullback. We'll look to see if we bounce off those levels. I'll keep an eye on it. Hit the thumbs up. Let's keep it going. Benzinga is the place where you want to be. And hit the thumbs up. Pre-market prep always gets you started.